This is the FM Gold Channel of All India Radio. In the program News Analysis, we now bring you a discussion on strengthening diplomatic ties between India and Indonesia. The participants are Navrekha Sharma, former diplomat, and Simran Sodhi, journalist. Today we are discussing the establishment of India-Indonesia relations and today marks the 70th anniversary of the establishment of the diplomatic ties between India and Indonesia. To celebrate this occasion, a special commemorative stamp was released Tuesday and it depicts a scene from the Ramayana. Ambassador Sharma, when you see the release of this commemorative stamp and the theme comes from the Ramayana, it also takes us back again to the fact that India and Indonesia are very old cultures. There is also the fact that a lot of things travelled from India to Indonesia. How important is this cultural linkage? Well, the cultural links between India and Indonesia are very, very old. In fact, Valmiki's Ramayana mentions the armies of Rama going to Yavadvipa. Yavadvipa is Java in search of Sita. That was one of the directions in which the Vanar Sena and Ram's forces had gone. So it was from that kind of connection we have to see the perspective of our relationship. It is very old. It is very deep. In Indonesia, they have a word for West and that is Bharat, and that is Bharat. Anything that has any great philosophical idea which has traveled to Indonesia and which has been accepted by Indonesia has come from India, which is to say aspects of Hinduism, of uh, Buddhism, Islam. All these great philosophical ideas have come from Bharat, which is the West. And they have been accepted because they came from India. That is the important thing. That was the high regard in which India was held in Indonesia for many years. So that's the cultural part of it. And that's a very old tradition. There is also an old economic tradition of trade in silks, in cloth, in gold, in rhinoceros horns, in precious metals. There is that tradition as well. Apart from those ancient links, of course, there's two modern countries which are both democracies and secular democracies, I must say, I should add, they, we can offer some kind of, in a way, a mirror image of each other. We have a very heavy population of Hindus, majority. They have an equally a majority of Muslims with a smattering of other religions, Hinduism, Christianity, Buddhism. But this variation of religions and cultures has not prevented them from coming together. Languages, they have a lot of languages and yet they cohere very well. There are 17,000 islands which makes them very different geographically from India. India, of course, is the one big subcontinent. So there are many differences, I will say. Including on the cultural side, we must not assume that just because Hinduism and Buddhism and Islam went from India, that it is the same. It is not. There are so many differences even within the culture. But there is a common understanding and a great mutual respect, and based on which our modern relations have been developed. Ambassador Sharma, as you pointed out in detail, that India and Indonesia have a lot of common ground and one of the things is that three religions have traveled from India to Indonesia Islam Hinduism Buddhism right. and that is also the reason why we see a lot of India's cultural impact on Indonesia which they have in many ways interpreted it differently but the linkages stand out very strongly how do you feel that as 
time has moved and as india indonesia have also moved forward the trajectory of time as we might put it how has culture played a part in maintaining this relationship in the modern world today we've had india's at east policy or the look east policy in which india in the recent years has tried hard to go beyond its immediate neighborhood that is to go beyond the sark nations and to forge greater ties with countries like indonesia which are not its immediate neighbors but still are neighbors the next door neighbors how do you see this common cultural historical linkages helping both india and indonesia as we move forward in the modern present world today well first of all i should correct you there is a direct link because there is a sea boundary from andaman islands indonesia the westernmost point in indonesia called aceh is not more than a few hundred kilometers so actually and there's nothing in between so that is one thing but the cultural links have certainly made our relationships in the modern world much easier to handle i would say first of all many many indians are living in indonesia working in indonesia they have either invested there or they have small businesses there because historically through the colonial times many indians went to indonesia or were taken there from malaysia as farm labor and so on so they have grown up as indonesians that is one aspect of it and many of them are uh, involved in indonesia's economic life in more modern and the post colonial times indians because we used to have for many years constraint on our economy we did not allow our industries to grow we had serious limitations there were various acts which did not prevent growth of industries so many people who wanted to expand their businesses and grow bigger took their businesses to indonesia especially when it comes to steel and textiles lots of people have been to indonesia and once there because the country is so congenial people are so hospitable and there is so much similarity at the base of culture many indians have just settled there and made it their own so i would say at a personal level it has certainly helped and then of course with modern tourism there is a lot of contact as well though i wish it were more equal more indians travel to indonesia than vice versa and that is still the case we have tried our best to track them to india because let's face it the logo for indonesia is what borobudur that's hindu buddhist temple not even a temple actually it's a monument it's neither temple nor tomb but it's one of the most profound and one of the most beautiful monuments symbolic of the connection in india it is the taj mahal which is a muslim icon so much iconography and architecture in the food the language so much that we have that is similar and that we can enjoy that i really wish there would be more indonesians coming to india but we are trying ambassador sharma one of the things that also marks out indonesia globally is the fact that indonesia today is the world's largest and most populous muslim nation in the world but at the same time indonesia also has other religions as we have talked about they have hindus they have buddhists yes. and that is another point of commonality between india and indonesia india also has people of almost all known religions in the world they are in right. india they practice in india and indonesia also offers an example to the world today of a very moderate form of islam how do you feel that the fact that if you look at it from the point of view of religion we see that indonesia also offers an example to the world today how more moderate form of islam can coexist 
विद अदर रिलीजन हाउ डू यू फील दिस समवेयर कनेक्ट विद इंडिया वेयर ऑल्सो वी हैव सूफिज्म विच इज अगेन अ वेरी मॉडरेट पार्ट ऑफ इस्लाम इट्स अ वेरी मॉडरेट इंटरप्रिटेशन ऑफ इस्लाम हाउ डज दिस वर्क आउट बिटवीन द टू नेशन एंड हाउ डज दिस देन सेंड अ मैसेज ग्लोबली एज टू हाउ डिफरेंट रिलीजन्स कैन को एग्जिस्ट इन वन नेशन No absolutely this is the most important cultural link between India and Indonesia I mean don't forget Islam was through Arab traders it was existed in the region they were traveling all over southeast asia they used to come to india as well and that was from the 11th 12th 13th century but it was not until the 16th century that the indonesians actually adopted islam and converted to islam and that was because by that time islam had been through india it had changed its character to some extent become much more eclectic much more broad based much more inclusive other cultural elements of hinduism had been absorbed into it so when the gujarati traders and essentially it was the gujarati traders when they went from india to indonesia that was when the islam that they carried became acceptable not until then had they converted to islam that's a very important point of course the other factors are there as well but this means that our version of islam at that time was a much milder much more eclectic much less there was no question of doing it by conquest we were there to trade essentially and sufi islam which combines features and characters of different uh, religions of the preceding hindu and buddhist religions was very much part of our cultural appeal to indonesia in fact interesting for you to know that in their uh, version of of islam the quran was brought to indonesia by arjun of the mahabharat so they have mixed up religions in a very nice eclectic way and essentially they have not been a bookish their approach to islam has not been bookish it has been through experience through contact with people it's more lately i would say in the last 20 30 years that more direct influences of wahhabism and so on have been reaching and through through pilgrimages and so on but until quite recently the islam that they practiced was called nominal islam and we related to that very well we also have different religions but we are not hung up on any of them we are quite uh, eclectic we are able to communicate well with everybody from all religions that's what we carried with us in our uh, genetic uh, culture master sharma we've also seen that india and indonesia in 2018 elevated their relationship to what is today known as a comprehensive strategic partnership and we've also seen that there has been a lot of progress which has been made in defense in maritime cooperation there is uh, the freedom of navigation in the indo pacific region which has been discussed between india and indonesia when we talk of countries like the philippines or indonesia or any of these countries in our look east policy there is always the factor of china somewhere playing in the background and we've also seen that china has very aggressively through its whether it's giving money whether it's giving debts or it is infrastructure building in various nations has extended its influence much more than it used to be maybe two decades or three decades ago how do you see nations like indonesia which traditionally culturally as we have discussed are much closer to india today being able to say navigate this chinese influence which they have to deal with in a very modern world how do you feel that this is going to affect in some way or you think it's not going to affect the india indonesia ties and how do you think china is understood by indonesia 
I have to say that China has also been historically a part of Indonesia's historical or cultural imagination. If you go to Bali, and many Indian tourists actually go only to Bali, the architecture that you see in Bali, or the sculpture that you see in Bali is very Chinese. Obviously, they profess Hinduism, but it's a Hinduism of a very different variety. I mean, they are meat-eating Hindus, they are pork-eating Hindus. So they are not in any rigid way. Maybe a lot of their Hinduism we may not even recognize as Hinduism. It is also Hinduism of an older variety, of a Vedic variety of Hinduism, where they did not cremate their dead. They used to keep the body and bury it later. So there are varieties of Hinduism that maybe we ourselves have lost sight of. Even the Ramayana, for that matter, I told you about the story of the Quran. There are characters in the Ramayana that they celebrate, which we may not do as much. The Kumkaran, for example, used to be a heroic figure in the time of Suharto. So, because he was for his country, right or wrong. So, that's why they used to be taught to worship or celebrate him. So, nothing is simple or black and white. China is very much part of Indonesian culture at a certain level. Not as deep, but when it comes to food, when it comes to relationships, there is an influence from China. Trade has been there for a long time, as long probably as with India. And uh, so it used to be said by a very famous writer that Sumatra was the place which kept China and India from coming into conflict with each other because that used to be a point at which the trade from China used to get transferred to ships which would go to India. So it was a kind of meeting point. And this gentleman felt that because of Sumatra, China and India, the relations between the two were always, in the past, kept in balance. But now, certainly, the Chinese are pursuing their interests in Indonesia very aggressively, like they are doing in so many other parts of Asia. But the Indonesians are not unaware or unmindful of the fact that there could be problems with China because historically they've had problems with China also. They have their lot of dealings with China, but they also are wary. However, if we want to continue to be relevant in Indonesia, then we have to keep changing our game, keep expanding our relations with them, finding new ways in which we can profitably engage with them. And with this, we bring today's discussion to an end. Thank you. You were listening to a discussion on strengthening diplomatic ties between India and Indonesia. The participants were Navareka Sharma, former diplomat and Simran Sodhi, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website newsonair.nic.in. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com. 